1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org/events.
0: When were the? What schools? The Who decides what the next?
2: Where's that story? Why
0: they keep the loop? What is this?
1: It's Curious City,
3: where WBEZ answers your questions
1: about Chicago, the region, and its people.
2: Hi, I'm Chris Bentley, a reporter with Curious City.
3: And I'm Jen Mason-Garb of the Chicago Architecture Foundation. We've got a great question about a historical mystery of sorts. But first, do you ever wonder how cab drivers learn their way around the city?
2: Chicago cabbies like Osman Jama, who emigrated from Somalia 14 years ago, don't need a GPS to get around.
1: Like in Chicago... Is 800 and north. north. avenue 1600 and North. Fullerton 2400 and North. Diversi, 28. Belmont 32.
2: Okay, this story is not about taxis. It's actually about architectural and urban history. But there's a surprising connection there that'll make sense soon. First, let's meet our question askers. I'm Paul Tobin.
0: Jessica Fish.
2: All right. Are you two married? We, we will, will be, be in nice. August. <laughs> They bought an old house in the Edgewater neighborhood last year, and they've been fixing it up since. But they discovered something odd about the address displayed on their siding. These are the pieces of siding from the house before we started renovating it. And it was underneath the vinyl siding that was here before. And it shows the, our current house number, which is very visible. But then two boards below, there's a sort of a ghosted, painted-over paint. with the old number? It's 615. And now you're 1761. That's right, yeah. Well, the question I guess we had is, where did the old number come from and why did they renumber the streets? And
0: when did they change it? Yeah, Yeah. we want to know when we went from 615 to 1761.
2: Answering the when is easy. September 1st, 1909. That's when an unsung hero of urban planning standardized street names and addresses throughout the city. And that's where homeowners Tobin and Fish connect to that cab driver, Osman Jama. They both use the elegant numbering system developed by a man named Edward Paul Brennan.
3: Before we tell you about Brennan's system, we need to know the context of Chicago in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Thanks to an 1830s surveyor named James Thompson, the region already had a rigid grid system. But every town that came in under the expanding city limits, from Lakeview to Hyde Park had its own system for naming and numbering its streets. It was chaos for new arrivals to the city, let alone people who made their living navigating Chicago. Plus, the city was booming. Between 1880 and 1910, Chicago's population increased more than 300%. At the same time, the city was gobbling up neighboring towns and annexing them as new neighborhoods. In 1889 alone, the physical size of the city tripled.
1: And that was great for those communities because they got the promise of uh, good infrastructure, but it also created logistical problems, obviously, for managing a city that size.
3: This is Andrew Olekshuk, secretary of the Illinois Postal History Society. He says that mailmen of the day struggled to keep up with all the changes.
1: At the turn of the century, you had things like uh, streetcar lines... And you had competition with things like the telegraph and this newfangled thing called the telephone coming in. So the post office really did see itself as being challenged by these new technologies, and so they had to adapt. So doing something like straightening out the numbering system and making it more efficient for mail delivery made them able to compete better in this world of new technologies.
3: Colonel Leroy D. Stewart, superintendent of city delivery for the Chicago Post Office, complained rather loudly at the time.
1: Chicago is
2: suffering from improper mail delivery because of improper street arrangement. At present, there are 125 towns within the city limits, and all have local street names and numbers. And at present, there are 511 streets of practically duplicate names. No one knows how many duplicate street numbers there are. What is the use of spending large sums of money beautifying the city when one cannot find
0: one's way about
2: it. A lot of people were thinking about how to beautify the city and make it more rational. But it wasn't a postal worker or even an urban planner like Daniel Burnham that smoothed out our address numbering system. It was a delivery boy and a bill collector named Edward Paul Brennan.
1: He was a guy who had come head to head with the problems of the streets.
2: This is Patrick Reardon, an author and journalist who researched the history of Chicago street grid.
1: He didn't leave anything written about how he got involved in this. His daughter told me that when he was delivering groceries for his father, before he was even a bill collector, he was running into this problem. It was the sort of thing that Everybody who had to deliver anything and anybody who had to go anywhere on a regular basis to find places was running into. So this was not something that Brennan uncovered. It was what everybody lived with, you know, it was sort of like snow in the winter. It was just part of the nature of the city.
2: Brennan wasn't the first person to recognize the problem, but he was the most persistent at arguing for a solution. As early as 1879, the Chicago Daily Tribune reported on an ordinance for renumbering southside streets based on Philadelphia's plan, where addresses increased by 100 with every block. It didn't
3: pass. But Brennan wouldn't accept the status quo. Beginning in the 1890s, he started a scrapbook collecting newspaper articles about any problems with city navigation or delays due to address confusion. Articles had headlines like, Streets in a Tangle! Visitors Lost! One report tells about a doctor who couldn't find a patient during a house call emergency. Brennan lobbied business leaders and newspaper editors for decades.
1: Dear sir, do you think a city should have
2: two streets with the same name? Do you think a city should have one street with two or three or even ten names? You agree that such naming of streets is ridiculous and an insult to the intelligence of any city. Yet Chicago, your city, has hundreds of such streets. This confusion costs you and the other citizens of Chicago hundreds of thousands of dollars annually.
3: Armed with a new solution and help from his alderman cousin, Brennan took his plan to City Hall in 1901. It included four big ideas. One, all addresses would be centered around a zero zero point at State and Madison streets. Two, street names would now include the direction. Three, Even-numbered addresses would always be on the west and north sides of any street, with odd numbers on the east and south sides. And four, house numbers would increase by 800, or eight blocks, every mile. But he originally proposed 1,000 to a mile.
2: For seven years, Brennan haunted the city council, tweaking his plan and lobbying for change. They finally passed Brennan's house numbering plan in 1908, and it went into effect September 1st, 1909. Businesses within the loop fought the change early on, so they got an extra two years to adopt it.
1: There were people who saw what he was doing and what the city was doing in changing street names as meddling with the historic nature of their streets. You know, they liked the idea that it was named for a local politician or whatever. So, you know, it was not an uncontroversial sort of thing.
2: Here's what Mrs. Charles E. Pope said to the Chicago Daily Tribune at the time.
0: Really, I don't see how we shall be able to bear the burden of four numbers after being used to only two. Besides, most of us have lived here for many years, and we don't like to see things changed.
3: Of course, most people got used to the change and eventually appreciated the relative simplicity of Chicago streets. But Brennan's name was largely forgotten in the years after his death in 1942. His daughters wrote to newspaper editors and the city's map department to have their father's work recognized. Five years later, the city council named a new South Side Street Brennan Avenue in his honor.
2: And in 2013, he was recognized with an honorary street name designation, appropriately at the corner of State and Madison, the city's 00 point. But Reardon thinks Brennan deserves more celebration. Maybe he should be up there with Daniel Burnham, whose plan of Chicago also came out in 1909, the same year as Brennan's plan.
1: Burnham was this master of the universe. I mean, he had run the World's Fair. As an architect, he had uh, designed the Flatiron Building in New York. You know, he's no slouch. Then he does the plans of Chicago. I mean, he is a a really big guy. Brennan is just a, a little bill collector building superintendent. Burnham had the plan of Chicago, which was set up to change the physical landscape of the city. Edward Brennan changed the mental landscape of the city,
2: and more than a century later, Chicagoans still navigate that mental landscape, counting out from a central zero-zero point at State and Madison. That's where we meet Raphael Nash. He was born in the Austin neighborhood, but now he lives in Hyde Park. He had to learn Brennan's system, even if he didn't know it was Brennan's. And so you're like fifty-six hundred south somewhere. Yeah, I'm fifty. Yeah, fifty-one hundred south. Do you know how many miles you are south of,
1: of the loop, roughly? I'm trying to do the math. Give me one second, because I think it's like eight blocks per mile, right? That's so, right. 51 divided by eight. So, roughly about seven, six, six and a half, seven. This is great. So, you know the system? I. I it's taken me 34 years, <laughs> but yeah.
2: Even now that you have a GPS, you still use it? Yeah. How? Like, why not just use the GPS?
1: Because uh, sometimes I'm driving, and I don't need to be fumbling with the phone or anything. So I just look up and pay attention to the number if I know, like, I have to be at 5701 South or whatever.
2: Now, he knows who to thank for that.
1: Thank you, Mr. Brennan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Reporting today came from me, Chris Bentley.
3: And me, Jen Mason-Garb. Thanks to all the questioners who wrote us about street addresses, including Paul Tobin. He says if Chicago ever reworks its street address numbers, he could live with that. But if we all had to switch email addresses, forget it.
2: Special thanks to the Chicago Architecture Foundation, who can be found at 224 South Michigan Ave, just over a quarter mile south of the city's 00 point.
3: Curious City was founded by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, AIR, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism.
0: Curious City on WBEZ is supported by New Belgium Brewing which believes some of our best and most memorable times come from slowing down, taking it easy, and letting it all sink in. Enjoy a Slow Ride Session IPA at New Belgium's Slow Ride Sessions, opportunities crafted to give a reprieve from the hustle. New Belgium and Good Beer Hunting are partnering with Chicago's best artisans and makers to share their practices in intimate, hands-on sessions, giving folks a chance to check out from their day-to-day and enjoy learning something meaningful over a few beers. Learn more at NewBelgium.com. Hey, I'm Gabrielle, intern for Curious City. Somewhere around here you'd be listening for what's coming up next with us, but we're taking a break for two weeks. So, I want to invite you to our website. Even if you think your brain's already stuffed with knowledge about Chicago and the region, we've got something for you at WBEZ.org slash Curious City. We punctuated a painting of Kazimierz Pulaski with audio notes.
1: Also, you'll see prominently displayed here is the Polish eagle, which shows that even in this foreign land, Pulaski himself was a, a proud Polish patriot.
0: We show you how the color of the Chicago skyline has been immortalized in art. You can really see the change in light, including this famous painting by Archibald Motley, called Bronzeville at night and we take you on a journey through the largest sewage treatment system in the world they found a bowling ball once
3: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> That's
0: ridiculous. again that's all online at wbez.org slash curious city and while you're there subscribe to the podcast you'll want to hear what's coming down the pipe stay curious we'll be back in just a few weeks